What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart, we're going to talk about it. Today we're going to talk about six reasons to trust in God. Full tran or yeah, trust in God. Full transparency. I stole this off the internet. Uh, it was a meme. It had the six reasons, and I just took them and I expanded them. How many reasons could you add to the list? Think about that. Go to our platform where we share the articles. Have a free subscription and uh, read all the articles there. This article, though, is for our paid subscribers on Substack, so it is behind a paywall, but I'm making my podcast about it today, so those of you that are not uh, paid subscribers, you can still uh, benefit from the material. So, uh, good to see everybody. Uh, we do have a sponsor. I want to uh, draw your attention to the bottom, the lower third here, Lindsay Faye Dotson. Uh, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com is her email address. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Dotson today. So we're so thankful to have Lindsay Dotson as a sponsor. And if you have anything going on at the congregation where you are, or even if you're just doing something on your own and you need some help with some professional looking flyers and such like, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. I also would be remiss if I didn't put this up. Today is my birthday, and if you have never given to the Christianity Now uh, brand in order to help us grow, uh, there are two needs. Aaron Dotson and myself both need uh, something. I need a camera, and Aaron Dotson needs a, 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 a an amp for headphones. So he needs a headphone jack with four different headphone jacks so he can have uh, guests there at Washington Avenue, and I can join in. Because November 28th, we have Eric Lyons coming on the show, and we're going to be talking about um, me, Aaron Dotson, and Eric Lyons are going to be talking about alleged Bible contradictions. And um, that's that he's going to be joining through Restream, but what we want to do is have people where they come out and they be a guest on the show live in person at the studio where Aaron records and live streams in Washington Avenue or in Jonesboro at Washington Avenue. So go to www.nearchurches at gmail.com. That's our email address for our, um, oh, come on, PayPal. That's our email address for our PayPal. If you want to uh, contribute to the cause, uh, just send some money there and earmark it christianity now for a camera or for headphone preamp and we'll make sure to use that accordingly now 
It's always good to hear the word of God. My greetings to you all, Paul Owusi. Well, good to have you with us. Terry Crooks, happy birthday. Thank you so much. And uh, incidentally, you can also go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Christianity now, and you can buy me a coffee for my birthday. And, that, and we'll use that money to, to, to fulfill our needs. Now, let me get this off the screen because, quite frankly, I feel weird about it. Uh, well, hold on. Captions. All right, there we go. Now, there's the chat back on the screen. And good morning, everyone. Now, remember, if you are, if I don't, if I don't acknowledge your name, Here's the reason. If you'll look on the screen, it doesn't tell me who you are. It just tells me what platform you're on. Um, so, yeah, that's all I've got. Listen, guys, let's get into it. Six reasons why you ought to trust God. Trust in God forms the bedrock of faith with scriptures offering a wealth of insights into reasons for placing trust in him. So we're going to look at six reasons to trust God or to trust in God. And maybe in the comment section, you add some of your own. We would love for you to do that. So number one, God knows you by name. Listen, name, our name serves as a symbol of identity, heritage, significance. I understand that there's a lot of Tonys out in the world, but there is not another Tony Brewer just like me. I am unique. I'm the only one of my kind. And I, I like my name. Um, Dale Carnegie wrote a book about how to win friends and influence people in which he said that whenever you're getting to know someone, whenever you're making first contact, learn someone's name. The most, the most beautiful thing that someone could hear coming out of your mouth is their own name. And I don't think that's pathological. I think that's a good thing. I really, really try with, with some of the folks in the congregation up here. Uh, they have names that are difficult for me to pronounce, but yet I, I really try and I kind of get a, I kind of have a defeated feeling whenever, uh, someone tells me their name and I try to pronounce it and I try two or three times and I don't get it exactly right. And they just say, don't worry about it. Just call me Ed, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, I'm, I don't want to call you Ed. I want to call you by the name your mama and daddy gave you because the name is important. Well, you know, sometimes we, we can compromise with one another, but God knows our names and it's so much more than just, he knows Tony or he knows Katie or he knows Terry. He knows us down to our core. In the book of John, Jesus depicts the deep relationship between him and his sheep and his followers, akin rather to shepherd and a sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, John 10, 27. Listen, I'm not teaching a personal relationship with Jesus like the denominations teach a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm teaching an actual scriptural, biblical, personal relationship with Jesus. If your relationship to Jesus is not part of your core, part of your person, in that it is personal, then you don't really have a relationship with Jesus. And you won't be able to metaphorically hear him calling. And of course, he calls us, 2 Thessalonians 2.14, through the gospel. 
The psalmist offers a reflection of God's guidance and care, emphasizing his role as a shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Uh, Katie Smith says, I've found if I'm on your personal page as you're streaming, my name doesn't come through, but if I'm on the Christianity Now page, it does. Dot, dot, dot. Happy birthday. So happy, happy birthday to you. That's not socially how you do that. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes and good morning and good day to you, Katie. And I trust in God for he knows what's best for me in life. Dear friend, I got a Bible verse for that, but I can't think of the chapter and verse off the top of my head. Uh, but I believe it's in Proverbs and it's trust not in yourself or lean not to your own understanding. Maybe somebody in the comment section can find that and put it in there for us. So the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. And, and go read the 23rd Psalm. Well, you know what? Forget about that. We got a podcast. This is a live stream. And as such, I'm not bound by any really tight schedule. So we're going to, we're going to go to the 23rd Psalm. Uh, my trusty, rusty e-sword. I'd probably be better, easier just finding it in my Bible I have here. All right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love Psalm 910. Well, Barry, since I'm here, uh, Psalm nine, 10, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee for thou Lord hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Yep. I think that's, I think that, I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's apropos. Good stuff. All right. So that's reason number one. God knows you by name. Number two, God will fight for you. Scriptures are abundant with narratives of God's role as a protector and a defender. I trust in God because he's always on time. Not my time, but the right time. Oh, man. I think Galatians 4, 4. In the fullness of time, God brought forth the, the, the Messiah born of a virgin under the law. The very last verse of Isaiah chapter 40. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Y'all, y'all, y'all make for a pretty good podcast. Of course, if I added all of the reasons that y'all come up with, the article, instead of being 2,000 words long, which is about three times longer than the normal article I write for Substack, it would be like 20,000 words long. But that's the beauty of the richness of God's word. I've often said uh, you could probably take a passage of scripture and have an entire lectureship on the passage of scripture and just have all of your, you know, 10 or 15 speakers prepare lessons from the same passage of scripture, but don't tell them and don't assign them a specific topic. And you would get 
as many different perspectives and lessons from that passage of scripture. There are speakers. I think trusting in his timing rather than mine is one of the most difficult things to do, at least for me. Katie, that's, that's a, that's a pretty big admitting admittance right there. And I think if everybody was honest, they, they'd suffer from the same, uh, I, I hate to put, it sounds so negative. They'd suffer from the same malady. That's not what I mean. It's just human condition. We want to be in control. We want to do things. I got to be in charge. I put in my plumb. I pull out of my thumb and I'm like, I mean, vice versa. I put in my thumb and I pull out a plumb. But my, what a good boy am I? No, we got to wait on God. All right, good stuff. Okay. In Exodus, Moses reassures the Israelites of God's protection against the pursuing Egyptian army. E- e- Egyptians. Exodus, I almost said Egyptians 1414. 14. Exodus 1414. 14. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Ho 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 yeah. That that would that would be a good one for waiting on the Lord and and trusting in his timing because yeah. The Lord will fight for you. He's not moving as you think he ought to move in a time in, in which you in, in the time in that you think he ought to move. But the Lord will fight for you. Trust that. Just hold your peace. Watch a good stuff. David, when facing Goliath, confidently speaks of his past experiences of God's deliverance. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this of the Philistine. 1 Samuel 17, 37. And I love it whenever David gets to the camp. He says, who is this filthy, unclean Philistine that challenges Almighty God? And why haven't some of you stepped up and shut him down? That's good stuff. God will fight for us. And quite possibly one of my favorite passages of Scripture, folks. Nehemiah, while rebuilding Jerusalem's walls amidst the adversity of, and, and, the, and the pushback from the people round about inspires the people of God with God's protective promise. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 40. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither. Our God shall fight for us. Folks, God is on our side. Man, I think now, there's so, as I'm speaking this out loud now, I'm thinking of so much more. Um, Elisha and his servant and Elisha comforts his servants and says, uh, he that is with us is more than, 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 than our enemy. And he prays God that the, that the servant's eyes would be open and he sees all the host of heaven and those fiery chariots. Y'all may disagree with me, but I have read nothing in scripture that says that, um, those fiery chariots are not still there. I mean, Ephesians chapter six, there is a spiritual war going on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hebrews chapter two, uh, God's angels are servants sent to serve and minister and help those who are in Christ. And Matthew 25, Satan was cast out or the, the, the goats were cast out into hell that was prepared from the beginning for Satan and his angels. So Satan has angels. Jesus has angels. And we're in a spiritual warfare. How do you interpret all that? 
Something to think about. Yes, that passage about Elisha is comforting to me. I definitely think that there are chariots of fire about us fighting those spiritual battles for us. Jeremiah 1 5, Jeremiah 29 11. Let me, let me get, let me, let me check those with my trusty Rusty. I got to find Jeremiah. I want to read those verses. Oh, Jeremiah 1 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And then Jeremiah 29, 11. I know what that one is. I'll, I'll get it anyway. I'll, I could quote it, but for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Yeah, we got to trust in God and his plan. That's for, that's for definite and sure. So number three that I come up with, well, that's not true. I didn't come up with these. I stole them off the internet, but these are scriptures that I come up with. Well, I didn't come up with the scriptures either. I just plugged the scriptures in to the meme. God thinks about you. Think about the profundity of that. Amid the vast cosmos, scripture assures that God holds each individual in special regard. David in the Psalms expresses amazement at the depth of God's thoughts towards him. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. Psalm 139, 17. Further in Psalms, David reflects on God's intimate knowledge from the beginning of life. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Psalm 139, uh, 13. Jesus emphasizing God's meticulous care speaks of his attention to even the smallest creatures. Matthew 10, 29, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. How much more precious are you and me than silver and gold and sparrows? I mean, you consider the lilies, they toil not, neither do they reap. But Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. God thinks about us. God has plans for us. The unpredictability of life leads many to seek meaning and purpose, and Scripture offers reassurances and meaning and purpose in God's divine plan. This is a little bit of an appropriation. In other words, we're kind of lifting this from its context, but Jeremiah 29, 11 is, our brother pointed out, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, keep in mind, that was specifically to the children of Israel, but in amidst all the tumult and the, the waxing and waning of the kingdom and the waxing and waning of, of wickedness in the whole redemption and punishment cycle, Jeremiah, the prophet of God, comforts the people, says, look, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It's thoughts of peace, not of evil. I'm going to give you an expected end. In other words, there's going to be an end to this. I have a, I have a, 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 a goal in mind, and it's peace, not evil. 
And of course, you understand the, the usage of the word evil there is calamity, not evil as in immorality. So even in our lives, if they are filled with tumult and, and uncertainty is the word that I was looking for, um, we, we know that God has plans and he has plans that he has not revealed. And if each one of us are special as individuals to him, then he must. We, we must logically, logically conclude that God must have a plan for us individually. That's why I included this verse in this section, because God has a plan for us, an ultimate end that is peace and not calamity. Folks, that's, that, just, that just keys me up. I ain't going to lie to you. Now, the Psalms predict God's intricate involvement in the creation of life. Remember, he has plans for us. Thou didst form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. Psalm 139, verse 13. My autocorrect, I'm going through an outline. I'm, I'm not reading the article, but my autocorrect, autocorrected every one of these to Psalms 139.17. It should be Psalm. When you're citing one Psalm, it's Psalm 139, verse 17, that is in the book of Psalms, plural. I'm going to have to go back and change that. Anyway. Incidentally, y'all be the algorithm for us. Like, subscribe, share. The more you interact, the more you share, the more Facebook puts our... <laughs> I did it. I shouldn't have. The more whatever platform you're listening and watching on puts our content in front of people that share similar interests as yourself, and it's all organic, and it doesn't cost us a dime in advertising. So, David in the Psalms also expresses amazement. Oops, wrong one. God has plans for you. The Psalms depict God's intricate involvement in the creation of life. Thou did form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. Psalm 139, 13. Now, Paul, writing to the Ephesians, speaks of believers' purpose and the good works they are predestined to accomplish. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. If you want to know how to live a fulfilled and purposeful life, fulfilling God's plan for your life individually, then walk in faith, walk by faith, and make sure you're studying to show yourselves approved unto God so you can accomplish his overarching will and you can rest assured that you will be fulfilling the tangential will that he has for you. God is our refuge. God is our refuge. In turbulent times, believers find solace in God as their ultimate sanctuary. The Psalms capturing David's numerous adversities highlight God's role as a protector and a source of strength. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in times of need or times of trouble. Uh, psalm 46, 1. David in another psalm 
speaks of casting one's burdens onto God, emphasizing his sustaining power. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never, he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Psalm 55, 22. And I think of another one, now that I'm speaking this out loud. It's in Psalm 37, where David says, I have been young, and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. God is our refuge in whom we have all things that we need to live on this earth and to go into eternity and spend an eternity in our heavenly home. God is always with you. Folks, he has promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The innate human desire for companionship finds its ultimate fulfillment in God's enduring presence. And again, we're going to look at Matthew 28, verse 20, and I have appropriated this. In other words, I've pulled it out of its context to develop this thought. So in Matthew, Jesus offers reassurance to his disciples of his continued presence even after his departure from earth. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. And the King James says world. The New King James and many other uh, modern, more modern translations, it says age. That's Matthew 28, 20. And that means something in the context. I'm not going to get in, but get into here. But I want to develop this thought that if Jesus has tasked the apostles with a job, he says, I'm going to be with you so you can do the job. Then there is a sense in which Jesus is going to be with us. And Jesus is our helper, our parakletos. First John chapter two, Jesus will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And although your Bible doesn't have the word parakletos or doesn't have the word comforter, it uses the word advocate. Little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, he has an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, our comforter, our advocate, our parakletos, the one who will be with us is Jesus, just like the one who would be with the, the, the apostles was Jesus. It's just different ways. And there's no reason to get into that in the moment. I can do more content about that later if you have questions. When Moses felt daunted by the task of leading the Israelites, God provided assurance Exodus 3.12, certainly I will be with thee. And if you'll read that content, that content, that context, it's not just that God said, I will be with thee. I mean, he certainly did. But he also said, I will be with your mouth or your tongue, which is the, the part that Moses had the most trouble with and the most anxiety about. So this tells me further that God is not just going to be with us, quote unquote, but he will be with us and help us in the very specific way that we need personal to each and every one of us. Now, Joshua stepping into Moses' leadership role is reminded of God's consistent support. Joshua 1.5, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I like these six reasons. And uh, yeah, I've I just realized I've got a fractured I've got a fractured thought here. I don't know where it is. Hold on just a second, and I'll see if I can't find it. 
All right. The psalmist, reflecting on God's omnipresence, ponders the impossibility of escaping God's watchful gaze and ever-present support. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Psalm 139.7. This question underlies the belief that God's presence envelops and guides believers in every situation, whether they ascend to the heavens or dwell in the depths. And we know how God's presence guides believers and directs their steps today. Go to Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Folks, let me tell you, these are six, as far as I'm concerned, pretty powerful reasons that we should trust in God. I hope I've said something here today that has bolstered your trust in God. This is, this is, this is material for meditation. Think about these things. Write these six down. Write these verses down. Go back and listen to it again and write the scripture down and meditate on them day in, day out. And add to your own list. Y'all, y'all added some really good things to the list today, and I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got. I just wanted to encourage you. As I said, if you if you have never supported monetarily the uh, Christianity Now brand, then I would I would urge you to do that. Uh, today is my birthday. If you want to show your appreciation for what we do. Uh, you can quote unquote buy me a coffee. You can send some money to the email PayPal on the screen near churches at gmail.com, or you can go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Christianity now and you can buy me a coffee. And we're gonna we're gonna use whatever money comes in for my birthday to go towards me having a camera where I don't have to be in this glow. I can actually have a more natural looking light. And uh Aaron Dotson needs a a small piece of equipment to finish out his studio down in Jonesboro. So that's all I've got here. I really appreciate everybody. This has been Tony Brew with Christianity Now. Notice the platforms we're on. Follow us there on those platforms, especially this one, uh, that under understanding the time, uh, go, go to that platform and search and understanding the time. And then remember where we, where we uh, upload all of our articles and stuff like that. And then Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Subscribe to the podcast there, and you can hear these after the fact. God bless every one of you. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.